Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another debate night post-Christmas. I'm Hunter, joined by Brody and Silas. we got quite the show. Uh, a little bit of a busy week in the offseason. Pretty much everyone is doing what we've been talking about, where they're announcing they're leaving, so there's still a lot of question marks of where these players end up. But we'll go through a lot of player news there. Uh, big announcement, World's Coming to Lynchburg. We'll talk about what that looks like. And then we have some questions from uh, Twitter to round the show out. But first, we're going to go over a quick word from our sponsors. I'm excited to partner with today's partner sponsor, Aura. Aura is an easy-to-use app that includes everything you need to stay safe online. They protect you from scammers and hackers by scanning the so-called dark web, where criminals sell stolen information, looking for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers, and it alerts you fast if it finds anything. They help you fight back against those annoying websites that make your personal information public by automatically requesting the removal of your info, which helps reduce those annoying robocalls, and they give you near-real-time alerts on suspicious credit inquiries, like if someone opens a loan or credit card in your name. Their VPN also allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browser history and personal information safe and encrypted, and they protect your devices from viruses, malware, spyware, and more, so the bad guys can't break in. They even help you manage what your kids do on your devices so you can restrict specific apps, set screen time limits, and even set focus time to ensure your child's doing their homework instead of binging on YouTube. So let Aura do the hard work of keeping you safe online. And if you sign up right now, they'll give you a two-week free trial with our link in the description. You'll be shocked at how much your private information Aura finds exposed over those two weeks. So go to Aura.com slash Foundation Disc Golf to start your free trial. Again, that's also linked in the description down below. All right, Brody, let's start it off. What, how was your Christmas, man? Was it good? You know, Christmas wasn't bad. It's Honestly, I should be asking you because you're the one with a child. Uh, yeah, there's Christmas over there. I mean, that's, I mean, the Christmas sphere is all about, you know, having, having to be able to share that with your kids and stuff. And so how, how is that with the whole Santa and everything? It was awesome. I mean, obviously Luke is four months old, almost five months old. So he didn't, I mean, he was excited about like new teethers and stuff. We, we got them. But next year, I think is when, when Christmas will really start getting a little more exciting. Get it uh, a little bit more. Yeah. But it's definitely fun. My nieces are now four. So watching them, you know, we go up to my parents Christmas night and I mean, mm. my one, my one niece, unfortunately had a stomach bug. So she wasn't there, but my other niece, Lila, I mean, was losing her mind. And I was like watching, I'm like, man, I can't that's, wait until Lucas just a few years older. Cause then like they just, every little gift is just like the coolest thing they've ever seen. Like she was getting like little baby dolls, you know, that were, we're not talking expensive, like crazy gifts and they're losing their minds. Like they just got a new car or yeah. something. It's awesome. Um, so I'm very excited for that, but it was, it was cool to like, you know, set in stone some Christmas traditions and like set that up of like, hey, this is what we're doing every year. Um, so that was, it was definitely fun. It was a much more exciting Christmas, I think. Obviously, Liz and I were the ones excited because Luca was just another day for him. But next yeah. year, I think that's when it'll really, really hit the, hit our stride with it. The Grinch videos that I was seeing too were just unreal. Oh, Have you saw some of those? those, are, those that's, were, a brutal tw- that's a brutal, that's a brutal Gosh, trend. like that is, I mean, that was... That was incredible for some of these videos. The kids' faces of just them in, in complete fear. Did you see the one where the kid just like went full MMA on the guy? Just started just eating the snot out of him? I did see one that was very aggressive towards it, which I was like, all right, that kid's probably going to have a future in some sort of fighting. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think when you start adding the kids out, because I mean, we had Christmas is a little bit different, I'm sure you and Liz kind of experienced this when you guys got married. It's a little bit different than when you were dating because like now if, you know, if Kelsey needs anything or wants anything, she kind of just gets it. So it's like when yeah. Christmas rolls around, it's like, all right, what do you want? It's like, there's not, there's not that, 
you know, it's not that, uh, it's not like when we were young and, you know, dating or whatever. And you're like, I don't really want to spend that much money on that. You kind of hold off where now just use buy it. So our Christmas is a little bit different than what it used to be, but we do, you know, we do much more, um, what is it? It's almost kind of like things that you know, like the other person needs, but kind of forgets that they need it. Yeah. So like I, she, you know, it's, it's a little small stuff where she loves these like little n- Nespresso's. N- yeah. Nespresso, whatever. So I got her favorite flavor. She loves burning candles. So I got her a candle. Um, my flip flops, like my sandals are kind of like pretty old. So she got me new sandals. She got this oh. new hat, which is nice. super nice. Cause I sweat through all my hats and pretty much ruin them. So, um, yeah, it's kind of more gifts like that. Now I did see yeah. a video that I think we're going to, uh, obviously it's, you know, six o'clock while we're recording this in the morning. Kelsey's not awake yet, but I did see a video video before I went to bed last night which I think is going to be what we're going to do in the future because I think this is an incredible idea. You put down three, four, five places that you really want to go to and the other person puts it down. You write them in like little pieces of paper. You fold them up, put them in a hat, shake it up, and then whichever place you pick out, you go. You plan to go to that place in 2023. I think, oh, that's, that's, cool. I think that's a cool idea and something like with us right now with traveling it's so hard to plan trips we still haven't even gone on our honeymoon yet which is kind of nuts <laughs> we kind of keep keeping that in our back pocket for as long as we can i guess um but yeah i think the christmas thing with the kids and stuff i think that is what it's all about is you know you know sp- spending time with your family and and uh you know just seeing how much joy you can bring to people's lives like that so the other thing I'll say that was a Christmas tradition in her family. I don't know how it started, but her, her, her and her dad would go out to Applebee's every Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that many places open Christmas Eve, but Applebee's was one of those places. And I started in this tradition, you know, four years ago, I think. And every year, it was like the same conversation at the end of the meal of where I was like, that wasn't really that good. And, <laughs> That's Applebee's. Like, yeah. Like, why are we going to this place? And two years ago, that was when it like it ended, uh, mm. because we went and Kelsey had to send back two of her dishes. She sent back one dish because it was just not cooked through. And then like the pasta came and she just like didn't eat it. And was like, this is just, I mean, it's just, it's basically lean cuisines microwave. Yeah. It's not, it's it not, might actually be, I think it might be, uh, it's not, it's <laughs> not good food. And so we finally were under, we finally came together and was like, this is not, this is not a tradition we're moving on with. So we ended up doing, christmas eve dinner at her dad's this year and we just got a bunch of the uh what's the company honey baked is it is honey baked ham, yeah is that it yeah so we got a ham we got a turkey mac and cheese potatoes it was really really good but yesterday we've been you know we i think we just bought like 400 dollars worth of food at the grocery store we've been doing this we've been literally making all our meals now at home so we'll nice. spend four hundred dollars, and it'll like last us two weeks. Which, when you start looking and doing the math, 
for two people, $200 a week was, is way, way cheaper than what we were doing where we'd, you know, we'd go out four five, six times a week and spend easily two, $300 just between that. Yeah. So we're saving a lot of money by eating at home. But the problem is we didn't really plan that well, because when Christmas came around, like we ran out of eggs, we ran out of almonds, mm. we ran out of bananas, we ran out of a lot of the foods that we normally eat. So we're like, crap, all right, like, where do you want to go for Christmas day? And we're like, okay, well, there's way less options Christmas day than Christmas Eve. So I was pushing Waffle House, obviously. Yeah, uh, of course. That kind of that kind of got vetoed to mm. IHOP. So we oh. went up to the first IHOP, 30-minute wait. And we basically, it was me, her, and her brother. And we basically were like, if it's over 30 minutes, we're not waiting. 30-minute wait, we're like, no. So then we start looking up, and her brother's like, Fogo de Chow's open. Do you know what that is? No idea. So it's a br- Brazilian. Never even heard of it. It's a Brazilian steakhouse. And it's <laughs> one of those places where they give you like a little um, coaster and one side is green, one side is red. When you flip it over green, that lets everyone know that you are ready to dine. And mm. you, there's just people constantly walking around with different meat on sticks you would you would probably not like it that much because a lot of it is red meat, but there is other there's like other good. Can you eat lamb? No. Okay, you can eat chicken though. So yes, there's, there's different. <laughs> there's different. You can eat pork too. No. Anything on yeah, four yeah. legs. That's right. Oh, that's right. Okay, so you're just chicken. Okay, I'm just chicken and fish. You would probably. I mean, we went there for brunch, so they had wa- chicken and waffles. They had uh, omelets. They had all this other stuff. But you go there for the meat. I probably had, I probably had like forty or fifty pieces of meat, and they just walk around <laughs> with a fat piece of meat, slice it off. You grab it with the tongs, put it on, and they've got really good uh, caramelized bananas that they give you. They've got these really good like cheesy bread things that they give you. It's just it's one of those things where. You definitely plan on going. If you're going to go and do it right, you have to plan it to where it's like you haven't eaten all day. So you yeah. really stick it to them, right? Um, so we did that and we were like, at the end, we were like, all right, this might be the new tradition. Like every Christmas, Fogo de Chow. Uh, there you go. And that was it. That was that was our Christmas. It was good. It's good times. That's awesome. I have this popcorn here too that you guys definitely need to eat when you guys come into town because- No, I can't wait. I am. Uh, I love popcorn. It's absolutely delicious. It's caramel and cheddar, and it's so. Yes. Good. Did you get it at Sam's? No, no, no. This is like the real deal. My this, oh, this is my yeah. mom's Christmas gift to us every year. It's like oh. it's like at the go-to popcorn place in Chicago. So she orders okay. it from there every year. It's it's incredible, but Can't highly caloric. So I yeah, ate, that doesn't I, matter to me. No, no, I know you're you're <laughs> when you run. You run to basically stay where you are. I'm trying to run to lose weight right now. So. There you go. Yeah, you you're we're on two different eating plans there. Yeah, you're on way ahead of me right now. So, uh, yeah, you guys will enjoy that. But let's let's jump into it because apparently everyone was in the Christmas spirit and wanted to let yeah. you know that they were leaving the the company that was previously sponsored. It's so funny because Trevor and I we filmed Grip Locked. We we took yesterday off Monday off, so we filmed oh, Grip Locked on Thursday. You guys didn't have yeah. anyone. And so like Thursday, we were like, we had an internal discussion of like, should we come in Friday? Because Friday we were basically just going to work from home like half day. They were like, should we come in and film it on Friday? I was like, well, what's the difference between Thursday and Friday? I'm like, Christmas, like surely no one's going to announce anything. 
between Friday and Monday? Like who who would announce they're leaving? Turns out a lot of people. Turns out it was just like the, everyone was in the giving spirit of giving out information. So we got a lot to cover on debate night. We'll have to catch up next week. On I was going to say, you know, something that you guys might want to do in the future, especially like during the season, if crazy stuff happens. But like, if if you if you do something like that where you film, because obviously if you're filming, camera, hello. Um, <laughs> obviously if you're filming on on monday and then it comes out on monday there's not much you can do but if you ever do something yeah. like that again in the future and something crazy happens you could do something where you just both like you know do what we're doing like doing like just jump on riverside for a quick 10 minutes and just insert that in yeah to the show um so that way you don't have to wait a week to talk about it but we're here we're well, fresh barely, we can get all your fresh yeah. ideas now i guess on on this show because a lot of stuff happened a lot and, of stuff went down. And a big bomb might be dropping. Which Yeah, is, so let's just talk the that first. You want to talk about uh, the big bomb? I was scrolling I was scrolling on Reddit and then like I we so people all off season have been alluding to someone big moving. Mm-hmm. And you never know what that means because like who is someone big? You know what I mean? Like that could be that could be like a Ganon Burr, that could be like a Paul McBeth or Ricky Wysocki. There's like different levels to it, right? Mm-hmm. In the Paul and Ricky tier, I would put Simon and Eagle of like people that, in my opinion, are locked in. Uh, but people kept alluding to someone big moving. Ulti World and their Upshot podcast even talked about like some big news dropping in January, blah, blah, blah. Then on Reddit, I started to see there's this one guy, one dude, and he was committed to his bit. And I can't, I couldn't tell, still don't fully know if it was a bit or not, but he was 100% convinced Simon is going to MVP. And he was like giving out information, like so many different posts to where it didn't seem like just like a one-off troll comment. I'm like, that's interesting. Then I saw someone on Facebook post, uh, I forget what they posted, but something about like a million year contract. And then someone else commented, like a different dude about Simon to MVP. I'm like, what on earth? And then Chris Clemens put, put on the Reddit thread. Um, I just, my Twitter just completely goofed i had it pulled up uh chris clemens commented on this reddit thread and said there's definitely some movement one of the quote-unquote big boys is moving and you won't believe me if i told you again alluding to someone very big moving so i tweeted who do you think he's referring to screenshot of that multiple people responded with this simon rumor of simon one person said simon simon's going to a michigan company i can tell you that for sure so i quote tweeted that and just said i've seen this simon mvp rumor all over the place recently can you imagine if it were true and uh, I mean, also Jordan Casho responded to my first one who he's with MVP mm-hmm. and with the eye emoji and like my lips are sealed emoji. Um, so I don't, I, I have no, like, like last year I had guarantee when I tweeted about like where certain players are going. I knew it was a fact before I tweeted it. This is not that situation, but my gut is telling me that I think this is going to happen. Um, so I did also put a challenge out there. I said, if this tweet gets 2,000 likes and Simon ends up at MVP somehow, I'll put with Ions all next year. Where is um, that at right now? It, right now, it's only at 435. So I think I'm I think I'm in the clear. I don't think it's going to get to 2,000. But Well, I mean, Dash's track is moving up the, the that is true. list real fast. So That is true. You never know what our listeners can do out there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, Right now, it is just a, a wild rumor. Um but for some reason, my gut is telling me it's true. I don't have any inside source this time. I don't have anyone that like I believe has like 
serious knowledge. I, I just, just I just quote tweeted that too. So if you guys need any, oh boy, if you guys need to find that tweet real quick to get Hunter to put with ions all year, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any like inside story. Like I'm not saying this with extra knowledge. It's just my gut is telling me. I feel like this might be it. I feel like this might have been what people are alluding to. Let's break this down. Um, Let's break. It'd this be down. interesting. This this seems oddly familiar to like the Kachina Allen deal last year, of where the rumor was out there. People were saying she was going to DGA. Yeah. And it sounded so far fetched to where you were like, I don't know if I'm really buying that. And it ended up being true. This would be in that same category of like far fetched, right? Like when you think Simon Lazat, you think Dismania. When you think Dismania, yeah, you think Simon Lazat. And there didn't seem to be any sort of any sort of thought of him being not happy with his deal or Dismania not being happy with Simon. I mean, especially coming off of the season that Simon had the only thing I could think of was Simon would want a much bigger deal. Yeah. And Dismania is not willing to do that. That's the only, I can't think of Dismania being like, you didn't do enough for us last year. Right. Well, I think the, that was, that was his best season of his career. It was incredible. Yeah. I think, so I think there's very few players that can make a move from a manufacturer and, and have enough pull that it's like incredible to where, so Paul was synonymous with Innova. So when Paul left and went to Discraft, the market shift that happened was unheard of, unseen. The only other players on the market that I think can do that right now are Eagle and Simon because Ricky was with Innova, went to Prodigy, went to Latitude 64, back to Innova, now the Dynamic Discs. He's jumped around. You have Paul, who's been Innova to Discraft, and then Eagle, Simon, they might have been at Innova at some point when Innova slash Discmania were combined, but as far as I'm aware, they've been Discmania through and through mm-hmm. to where their fan base only knows them with Discmania. So what I think kind of happens in those type of deals is, let's say that it is the mill a year deal that we've seen Paul and Ricky get. Let's say that Simon... Is that what Simon, it's being rumored as right now? That's what it's being rumored at, yeah. Let's say that is true. Simon staying at Discmania, I think it, it's tough for Discmania to have that value like a million a year is it possible absolutely but it's tough because he's he's been with them whereas the simon move to mvp simon's worth way more moving to a different company right now than staying in place yeah this is what we've always talked about is like your value most of the time is gonna be more valuable with a newer company like short term yeah and uh, staying with the same company year after year after year. But I think it's important that you have to be with the, the first company for an extended period of time to where your name becomes synonymous. Because if, if you're jumping every time... I, yeah. I think that I, I think that's a bad... Like If, if, if players are listening to this or um, up-and-coming players that are trying to be sponsored, when you start establishing yourself as, as, a, pers- as a player on tour... You want to make sure that you, if you can, have a solid backing from a sponsor, and like you said, have some de- put some decent years in with that sponsor, and don't just jump. If you're jumping year at, one year every two years, if you're like you're saying, if you're going here, there, there, it, it, I don't think your value. I just don't think you're gonna get as great of a value that way. 
versus like you're saying, if you establish yourself with someone for three, four, five years, and then you make a jump, then that could be a crazy valuable move for you and the the sponsor you're moving to. Now, I will say like I have I have a decent amount of information on on people moving and like there are still some like surprises coming, but I I don't like stuff that's told to me in confidence, I'm not sharing on here. I honestly yeah. have no like you when it's topic comes up and you hear me not really talk that much or give my opinion, that means I probably know something that I'm not able to say. Yeah. But when it comes to like other issues, like uh, Simon, some of these other people that we're talking about, I literally have no idea. Um, and I'm not looking, you know, could I text Simon and be like, Hey man, where are you going? Probably. I don't know if he would tell me, I hope he wouldn't tell me that would be kind of nuts if he would, but clearly he's told other people or well, where he's MVP. going has yeah. told other people. Well, I think that's a tough part is like disc golf right now is still so tight knit. Well, you got to start firing people. What are we doing? Well, I think, well, right? a, no? it hasn't been leaked enough to where like, like the, the Ricky leak, we'll call it that last year was like solid. Like, I don't know if Ricky was a person telling people, but someone that everyone knew was in the know was telling people that, but you got to think like, like people were all confident that situation. I agree. But this one it, it seems like a lot, like some people I think are just, it, it, this could very well not be true. Very well. Because like this one doesn't feel nearly as validated as the last year rumors we were hearing. Um, but doesn't but it, it it's, it's a very sting? interesting thing. It loses its sting, right? Like if he ends up, if he does end up going to MVP, I think it loses its, it's I think it lo- it's still going to be. The shock factor is gone. It's still going to sure. be a big pop, but it does lose it a little bit. Uh than if MVP was able to roll out some sort of sick hype video for Simon coming, right? Like, yeah, no, definitely. Because the other, yeah, the other thing you can't do, which we've seen in the past, is where like a company will be like, just wait, bring in the big guy, or like bring in, bring in the huge name, blah blah, and then like you see who they sign, and you're just like, eh, like eh. you can't, yeah, you can't really do that to where you overhype it. But like if I'm MVP and I've got Simon coming, I feel like you could you could create a really, really cool video around that. And they might be in January. I know, but I feel like that loses it because it's like then it's like, ah, they were right. It's already MVP. been rumored, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. That's I, where, if yeah, these rumors are so coming far. out because of the players, players need to stop talking. And if the rumors are coming out because of people like in the actual sponsorship like in the in who the manufacturers and stuff then like people need to start getting fired because again as these things get bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more money there is something to be said for like there is a value of dropping like this news like there is yeah. value in that and if that news is pre-dropped and your whole marketing your whole content marketing strategy has been just kind of zapped because the news got out there like that devalues the deal and that needs to be addressed. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm all for rumors and like, Ooh, I think they're going here. Ooh, I saw him throwing this disc. Ooh, he was playing a, uh, a, he did a video with this. 
Like I'm fine with that kind of thing of like trying to talk about it. But if it's clearly someone like, no, my buddy works at MVP and he literally told me that they signed Simon. Like if it's that <laughs> stuff, like I mean, that person needs to be fired. Like that. I yeah. mean, I don't, I'm I haven't seen. To, yeah. I'm not trying to fire people around the holidays, but I mean, come on. Like that no, should be. Yeah. This rumor, the 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 one person that I think this all sources back to on Reddit, all he says is he has a good source. That's all they say. So if that's where this one, rumor started, this just started one person. You're thinking? I'm assuming because like now it's now on like a lot of stuff. I'm going to I'm seeing a lot of people commenting it, but like if I go back to where the origin is, there's just one guy on Reddit, and so I like wow. that's where I like. This is just a pure gut thing for me that I, for some reason, believe this guy. He could be just completely pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, and it's gonna be hilarious if January comes and goes, and Simon's like, "No, I'm definitely still with Discmania." Like, what do you like? I don't know why this rumor started. That will be very funny. Um, but yeah, so this one's definitely more of a rumor than before. But I fully agree. Like, right now, I think the problem is like within these companies, right? The people who are in the know of like this and need to be in the know of this dealer coming probably like have buddies or whatever that are in the warehouses or whatever and they are walking out like dude you hear or maybe they're announcing to the company like big news ricky's coming to dd ricky's coming home next year and then you know those guys are going out and playing on the course like dude you can't tell anyone but blah blah, blah. and then that person tells them like dude you can't tell anyone and eventually you get to someone who is like you know i'll get dms of from people that's happened all off season i know where a lot of the people on this list are going but this year i'm playing it safe i'm not saying it but unless except for simon i don't know where simon's going if simon's even going anywhere but a lot of players i already have dms of people that are like 100 percent guaranteed like you dm me if you want to question my source type like i know for sure this player is going blah 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 and i'm like i agree with you like uh, if the company wants to leak that that's like an intentional marketing play of like maybe some deals are being underhyped and they want to like, man, we need to get some noise going before. Uh, there's some players that aren't going to make that big of a splash. That might be a good thing where the company can intentionally look. Yeah, change out this but, chair. This chair is absolutely true. Yeah. But a deal like Simon, like that I think packs the most punch if it's complete because he still has a year on his contract. So if this were true, it is as, if this is true, it's suggesting that MVP's buying him out of his contract is what this rumor is suggesting. If that were true, come January, if this rumor doesn't get leaked out and there's truth to this, like that would be the biggest shock to the market, period. Because like there'd be no reason to think Simon's leaving because he has a whole nother year on his contract, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken there and thinking of Eagle, but I'm pretty sure he has a whole nother year on his contract. And like the punch that that would provide if MVP just dropped a video, like announcing our newest team member, Simon Lazat, and you're just like, I mean, this like, would that, be the- it still will break the internet if that happens because like there's still, you have to be very much fingers on the pulse of the disc golf world or listen to us to even hear this rumor. So there's still 95% of the disc golf market that has no idea this is going on. Um, so it still will break the internet, but I agree with you that the sting gets kind of taken out if, if there's leaks. With Simon, too, and why we're obviously talking at length to this is because he, again, like we talked about, he is, this would be the biggest move. The Ricky move, that was a decent big move, but we've, we've, we've mentioned like he has bounced around quite a bit. Like this would be the biggest move since Paul leaving Innova. 
Absolutely. He he has he has a number of discs, and that's the other question. How does that work? It like would Dismania still be able to produce his discs throughout the year, or are we thinking that MVP is simply going to be paying them? Because it's one thing to have, let's say, ten thousand Simon Lazat discs already made, right? Yeah. But like the value of Simon isn't just simply in the contract that let's just throw a number out of like a hundred thousand dollars. If Dismania was going to pay Simon next year, a hundred thousand dollars, I don't think it's simply just MVP MVP paying. If it is MVP, a hundred thousand dollars to Dismania being like, here's the money uh, that you were going to pay Simon uh, essentially to like get us. Yeah. I think, I think, Dismania almost has to say, like, no, this is how much money we are going to make off of Simon. We're not letting him go unless we're getting this money. Like, right? Yeah. Like, I would agree. It, it would probably depend a lot on, like, was there a buyout clause in the in the yeah. contract that, like, yeah. all that stuff? Who knows? But yeah, because I mean, like, you got to think the, the mo- first one that comes to mind is obviously the Sky Gods, which that's just a C line P2, but it's Simon's disc, and they're wildly popular. They're incredible flyers this year. It's one of the best runs to date. They're definitely going to run that again next year. Um, is that something they run with or without Simon? Who knows? I mean, I would imagine no, but no, the Sky God that. itself, the branding on there, like it's tied to Simon, but it's not, it's not like other companies' tour series where it's called the like Simon P2, and like without Simon, it can't live. Um, so it'll be. It would be very fascinating um, if this is true. Even with the rumor, I will still be like, like I, my gut is telling me this is going to happen. But I would still be like jaw on the floor, shocked if Simon actually lost disc, left Discmania. I mean, thinking about when James went to MVP, we were all trying to wrap our heads around like because MVP. Let's be honest, MVP hasn't really had prior to James hasn't really had like a top tier player. Yeah, on absolutely. The, on the MPO side. Yeah. And when James went there, like we were all trying to wrap our head around like James Conrad throwing MVP. We're like, that is, that seems wild. Yeah. Thinking about Simon throwing MVP now, I mean, that's just, that's going to make some people. Well, I mean, what the tough part is gyro goes like 20% farther. So like is Simon yeah. throwing 850 next year? He might be throwing stuff. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Innova real quick and yeah. a long list of people that are and again the these I love reading more into the post of like the players because we still have yet to see really any manufacturer come out and say anything. Uh right? Prodigy posted thanking uh Thomas Gilbert, who we'll get to in a second. Okay. But but we haven't beyond Innova, that I haven't seen Innova, much, no. haven't Innova seen no any anything so i think a lot of a lot of these people we'll run down the list right now double check to make sure i didn't miss anyone we have um lisa fakus stacy ronsley deanne carey robert burridge aj carey all i think those are the ones that announced since we've talked last because obviously you have like maria leva yes uh, um who was the there's a player earlier in the year Earlier now, but yeah, these are the ones that very recently yeah. announced. We've, yeah. we've talked about they, they have they definitely have the the biggest laundry list of players leaving, and I feel like from, they do every year. Well, here's the thing from from all these posts too, it does seem like 
the grass is greener on the other side of the fence is what it, it of what it's it 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 feels like and this is my speculation. I think this is what Innova is doing. Innova is saying these are the guys that we want to pay money for. If it gets to a certain point, we might not do it. Similar to Ricky, right? I'm sure they didn't want yeah. to lose Ricky, but Ricky was like, hey, I've got this offer from Dynamic. What are you going to do about it? They're like, that's too much. So at a certain point, their top players, Calvin, Big Germ, Sexton, those players, I'm sure at a certain point they'd be like, we're not willing to spend that. But they're willing to put most of their money into those players. And then everyone else, if you're not in that top tier, everyone else is like, the amount of money that they're willing to budge is probably zero. Like, yeah. I'm I'm guessing all these people that are leaving probably all roughly had about the same contract of where it's just like, Hunter, if you start getting good at disc golf and like touring and Innova was like, hey, you want to be sponsored? Like they would just hand you a piece of paper that would be a synonymous or equivalent rather to like the other 50 people that are on yeah. that tier. So I think what we're seeing and why you're saying like every year this is happening, I think people's contracts are uh, coming up, you know, and they're, they are looking to be like, hey, I'm a different player than I was when I previously signed this. What are you going to do? And they're like, oh, we just, we were just going to renew you with what you, we've been doing. And if you're not happy with that, I think we're seeing these players say like the grass is green on the other side. I can, I can either go find something better or I have an offer that's already better. So, yeah. but I mean, cause if you pay, if you look at this list, right, I think there's, there's two names in my opinion that, stand out as being bigger than the rest but there's no big names like lisa fakus and robert burridge robert burridge i think was lisa potential worlds uh and then lisa obviously has been a top fpo player for a while but needle mover wise there every year this is like kind of what we see leaving innova where there it's not other than paul and rick um trying to think back if there's anyone else i'm missing in there that there's not really that many just like huge needle mover players leaving but it's every year that's like like these players i'd be surprised if, if people could list when they got signed to innova like what you like i'm wondering what i'm thinking is happening is players are like kind of bursting onto the local scene innova has a good pulse once a player gets to like 10 15 10 10 rated whatever their like cap is innova reaches out signs them prior to them going on tour they end up hitting the road they're on tour like you said they come up they're like hey Robert Burridge is like I took Simon to a playoff almost beat him pro tour you know I deserve a big contract I got big plans next year Lisa Fakus you know maybe she comes in with her laundry list of accomplishments and the Innova's like well no like we're just you're on you're on this team until you do X Y or Z accomplishment to get to this team this is that team's contract there is no moving I would be surprised honestly if any of these players had guarantees in their contract I I think it's a, I would be surprised if it wasn't these aren't all bonus and royalty contract players, um, in my opinion. And so if they even if they get somewhere that just has a little bit of a safety net of a small guarantee elsewhere, and of it might just be like no, that's you know you're you're not on our X Y or Z team, we can't offer that, and then just hit the road. And let's just real quick break down 
the sponsorships real fast of where there are there are a few tiers in these sponsorships. The way that disc golf right now is being put out, like the actual play, disc golf pro tour live, Joe Mez post production, the amount of people that get shown throughout the season is so small. You could be a top 20 player, top 30 player and never get shown on disc golf pro tour. Yeah. Like, so if you're, if you're only watching live consuming live, you don't really ever watch post produce. You might never see a top 30 player ever. And the same with post produced. You might, you might still never post produce. You might have a little bit better chance because there might be some where there's three people out there. So you're seeing like top 12. So you might be able to slide in there a little bit, but the tiers that these that these manufacturers have to think about is you've got like the A tier, right? And the A tier is we don't have to do anything. This person's play or social media is going to do it for us. Yeah. Right? And so those people are the most valuable. Then you've got like the B tier where it's like, okay, they don't have a huge social media, so they, they can't really promote themselves but their play is incredible. Like they're, they're going to be up there. They're going to be on lead cards. You're going to see them. So all we have to do is we have to market. them. We have to make posts. We have to use our social media and our following to get them out there a little bit more. They are in like that tier. And then you've got this tier down here that don't have a big social media following. Don't necessarily make a lot of lead cards. And that these are like the risky people. Of where, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe you can take a shot on someone and they can turn into some uh, a B category or an A category. But when you really look at it at the end of the day, like this, this territory, if you start putting more effort into these players to try to move them up into the B category, you're basically now taking away your funds from your funds and time from players that you could use already in the B and players that you could use in the A to elevate them even more to make you more money. So I just want to let people know, like I've seen a lot of posts on Twitter, a lot of people tweeting into us too, to talk about this. Like Innova is not like falling apart. Like they're not, no. they're not like, Oh my gosh, they're losing so many players. Like they still have a lot of players. And they have their you, two biggest contracts, Dick Sporting Goods and Walmart. Yeah, they keep those two players on their payroll. They're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, like, I think I think there is, I think there is an overestimate on how valuable some players are from like a fan's perspective. And I get yeah. that. That's a, if you're a fan of a player or you like a player, I understand that you're like that person should be getting paid way more. But at the end of the day, like the problem is if that player was on a completely brand new uh, manufacturer, right? Their value would be decent. But if you put that player to a manufacturer that already has three, four, five big dogs, their value is not that big because they're going to be overshadowed. Yeah, and they'll be overshadowed. Yeah. So we got to take that into consideration. We'll see where all those people, none of those people had any sort of, this is where I'm going at, the posts have all been very, thanks so much, Innova. I've been with Innova my whole career, or like they picked me up for the first. I've got really exciting news coming soon, or like 
2023 like can't wait yeah. this is like there's a lot of it's it seems and again i don't know if that's just throwing like positive positivity out into the world to hope and hoping you get some back <laughs> um or they actually do have something lined up that is better than what they currently had at Innova. uh but yeah we'll see it's definitely be interesting um, yeah i think it's I like well, oh, really quick, one more thing on the Innova point is I think that the way Innova's marketing plan and company is structured, that players to Innova are worth less than they are to other manufacturers. Yes. Like I think other manufacturers, players are a bigger part of their marketing structure and their marketing plan to where if uh, we can use Prodigy, if Prodigy had this number of players leave, that would hurt them drastically more than Innova having this number of players leave. You know what's going to be a big kicker? Hmm. When other disc manufacturers get into dicks and get into Yes. Because yeah, right that's, now, that's a big thing. Because right now, if you go out and you see a Simon Lazat video, or heck, you somehow stumble upon a Joe Mize, like video of like a tournament, right? We've seen like some of their Jomez coverage videos get millions of views of where they just randomly get into the algorithm. Again, some of them have been on trending. Yeah. Tons of people are seeing disc golf for the first time. If you're like, oh, that's cool. Or one of your buddies is a huge disc golfer. And you're like, he's like, hey, you want to go play? He's like, I don't have any discs. And he's not someone that's like, oh, I've got this for you. Or you're someone that's like, I want to show up with discs. Guess what you're probably doing? You're probably going to Walmart or discs and buying discs there and guess what discs are there innova so they right now have the ability of capturing a lot of market without having to do much of anything as far as marketing goes now if innova is sitting there prodigy's there mvp's there and now like let's say simon does go to mvp and now MVP has this sick setup and it's got a video playing of Simon making all these crazy trick shots and stuff. And a kid walks up there to buy his first disc. He might now lean towards that MVP. Yeah. Right. Like when there's actually competition there, that is when Innova is going to be like, crap, we, okay, we're going to have to put more money into players marketing our discs so we can compete. But right now, like the other thing, have, there's has. no competition. There's no, well, the no thing, competition. The other thing Innova has and will have for the foreseeable future is they can still like you walk in and let's say that let's say the scenario you just painted happens. Let's say Discraft's there, MVP's there, and Innova's there. And MVP, we'll just use the current roster. We'll just say the Simon Lazat rumor's false. MVP has James Conrad, world champ, 2021. Discraft's got Paul Macbeth, Paige Pierce, and you. And then Enova can have a list of like, A, player, Rando walking into Dick Sporting Goods more than likely isn't going to recognize a disc golfer at all. So they're just going to look at, oh, that player is a world champion. Enova's got the most world championship titles by anyone. And so if you put, you know, Enova, there's a reason their slogan's the choice of champions. And you have Ken Climo, Barry Schultz. They can probably still use Paul's image from like 2014 or something. I don't know, but they can at least say Paul Macbeth and have his name. They can have this laundry list of like, hey, this is how many world titles we've won. There, that is also going to have some pull. Yes. I think where the big pull is, is like you were saying, if I, like similar to, I'm sure Discraft moved so many ultra stars because of your trick shot videos where people walked in 
and saw Ultra Star and were like, oh, I like I want to be like Brody, like Ganon Burr's origin story in disc golf, but they actually picked up an Ultra Star in this version. Mm-hmm. If people are discovering disc golf via Simon's YouTube, we'll use that. And then right now someone walks in and they see a cardboard cutout of Simon standing next to a Discmania stand. And that's who I saw on YouTube that led me to walk into Dick's. I'm buying that disc 100% of the time. Yep. So I think that is, that's a very true statement of like, that's where players and social media will become very important is, or if I watched Jomez and it's a lead card of James Conrad and he's the dude, it's, I watched the 2021 Worlds and I walk in, I see the MVP cutout with James Conrad running and it's a scene I just watched that got me to come in there. That's the disc I'm buying. But obviously the first step to that is other companies breaking into some of these sporting goods stores because that, that's a huge funnel. You're, you're completely right. A lot of people are going straight, just walking into there and whatever they see is what they get. Yeah, I don't think people realize how many discs are moved by those two contracts. Probably yeah. probably more discs are moved in those two contracts than maybe any other contract. I would bet. Um, okay, big, one of Lone Star's big announcements came out. They still are teasing more coming in January. Um, with how many people are on the move, you know, you can kind of try to do some math and try to figure out who's going where, but Emerson Keith has been announced to be going Lone to Lone Star. Star. Has, Lone Star has deep pockets. I know they're a new company, like a new manufacturer, but yeah. from from the, the, the things I've seen, like they are really like, the, the manufacturing side, the disc side is not the side that like they're bringing Make some money. money. They have another yeah. company that makes some money and they're used, right? Like that's what it seems yeah. like is they've got- For Lone Star Manufacturing, back. from what I understand, they were already a plastic manufacturer making parts for oil rigs, from what I understand. And then they started disc golf manufacturing just as like a fun side thing. And then their first year was way bigger than they expected it to be. And they're like, oh, let's just- pour some money into this and see what happens. So obviously they've signed Nicola Castro. They now signed Emerson Keith, re-signed Chandler Kramer. There's been a few other local people they've re-signed. Emerson Keith, I think, is a perfect example of like what you were saying earlier, where if you put Emerson on some of these rosters, right, you put Emerson at Discraft, he's getting overshadowed. You put Emerson at, even at Prodigy, he's getting overshadowed. Um, Innova as well. So you put him some other places, but Emerson to Lone Star he's a big fish in a small pond there, right? Like right now, Nikola Castro and Emerson Keith are the two biggest names at Lone Star, in my opinion. Chandler Kramer, if he pops off, could could be, and we'll see who else they sign. Yeah, but, to me, like that's, a th- like, that, that's like a three-headed dragon, right? Like yeah. those, those three people, I would say, I, actually, I don't even know. Like if you do go back and look at last season, I think Chandler Kramer's probably up there r- right now already with now obviously nico and emerson have they just have name recognition they have more yeah. they have more they, they have more uh you know past seasons that they've they've done uh done things but if you look at last season i mean nico kind of got kicked so we couldn't really see what he was going to do but like chandler had enough good finishes enough top top kind of in the limelight if you will that 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 to me is a three headed dragon. Those three, like, and that 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 proves our point too a little bit about when you know you are trying to figure out where to go. I'm sure that probably plays into it of like, okay, well, where am I going to be on the totem pole? Yeah, especially if at least it should it should play into it. Well, if you have like a royalty, like uh, yeah, uh, a deal that's more based on royalties, that should definitely be a huge factor. 
Because if they're just like, hey, we're going to pay you a million dollars straight up, then it doesn't matter if you're on the top yeah, who, of the tone pole or the bottom. Yeah, who cares? But if it's like, hey, we're going to pay you a dollar every disc you sell, well, it's like, okay, well, are you going to make discs for me or are you not going to? So I think that's actually not a bad, you know, Emerson being from Texas already, like that's not a, that's a good pickup by, I think, from Lone Star. Um, was his, his contract had ended with, with Latitude? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. So we won't be seeing the big, big red RV out there anymore. Um, well, maybe it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if that off someone else. Well, it'll be interesting if Latitude bought Emerson that RV because I know Emerson popped off at Worlds, signed an extension. His. It was okay. not his. I would say that would be the only interesting thing if like that was like something in his contract where like that's just going to be wrapped for Lone Star. Don't who knows? That was I don't. I think that was just like they bought that RV for him to use. For him to use, yeah. Okay, we'll that makes see. sense. We'll see if there's um, face on it next year. Yeah, a big one that was announced yesterday was Gavin Babcock leaving Prodigy. Uh, this is big. Me. This is big, in my opinion, less so because Gavin's a quality player, but more the implications behind this, because he was one of the young core. He was a part of that Alden Harris, Gannon Burr, Gavin Babcock, and then Isaac Robinson was thrown in there some, but the, the, the vlog crew, Gavin Babcock was tied into that. So him leaving... Uh, alongside Thomas Gilbert's announced he was leaving. He already has announced where he's going. Both of them leaving Prodigy. Um, Thomas Gilbert wasn't a part of that young core. What I'm hoping this is alluding to is we're going to see a Gannon Burr extension this offseason. He has another year on his contract. I I really hope Prodigy locks him up this year. And in my opinion, it's in Gannon's best interest to stay at Prodigy for another cycle. You know, sign a two, three-year deal, something like that stay for that cycle because then now he will have created the synonymous name with prodigy and then he that's where you're worth a ton on the move like we were talking about earlier so that's what i'm hoping this is alluding to but it it will be interesting to see how gavin leaving prodigy shakes up that young core you know is alden likely to stay now is isaac robinson likely to stay now gannon i don't see him moving but it it could be uh, it's a question to be raised because I thought I think Gavin was was one of the one of the glues that was holding them all there. So it was interesting to see him leave. Yeah, that that was definitely one that I was surprised to see. I don't know where again. Like I don't really have any sort of nothing really like jumps out at me. Like oh yeah, Gavin's probably going to go here. Um, and and it, honestly, it does seem as of right now, it does seem like the smaller like up and coming manufacturers or the retailers are the ones that are kind of picking up most of these people. Yeah. So we'll see if he goes to like an infinite or if he does go to a lone star or, um, I mean, we're going to talk about thought space here in a second with Thomas, but we'll see like kind of if that is the route he ends up going or if he just jumps on with a DD or Discraft or an Innova and kind of just like, jumps in there but i i'm with you in the the thoughts of prodigy maybe letting a few people go so that they can get ganon long term yeah that and if that's their play then that's very smart that makes sense yeah uh so thomas gilbert obviously left prodigy is going to thought space athletics this is a surprising deal to me mainly because i remember when he left innova and went to prodigy it was such a it was a big deal. This is back in 2019. Uh, it was a pretty big storyline back then. 
um, I believe it was 2019. Maybe it's 2020. No, it was the year after I started. Okay, right, so he began in 2021. He signed a two-year deal, 2021, 2022. Yeah. I have my days completely mixed up. Um, but I remember this deal being one that was talked about quite a bit. And so back then it was alluded like this might be a decent deal. I remember part of the deal was like a sports psychiatrist and a physical trainer or something like that. Um, I remember talking about it on Griplocked. So for him to be leaving that contract and going to ThoughtSpace, it's very interesting to me because ThoughtSpace up to this point, a lot of their team has been like they signed with Infinite or signed with a retailer or something like that, or they have multiple different sponsors and one of them being ThoughtSpace. Is their big name Matt Bell? Is that is he Matt Bell's with them? Yep. But like Matt Bell, for instance, he's with uh, isn't he also with EV7? I believe I might be wrong there. Is Nate Perkins? Side guys, give me a yes. Nate, Nate Perkins, Perkins, I don't know. He's with Discmania. But I think he's like, Who's, I think he's, you're thinking Black Ink. I think Nate, Nate Perkins might be with Black Ink Disc. Who else is on Thought Discmania? Eric Oakley, I believe, has ties to Thought Space. Oh, really? I believe, but that's what I'm saying. It's like a, Thought Space up to this point has been a like side sponsorship. Like, like it's, it's a, a, in addition to. Yeah, like you're sponsored by Infinite or someone, or you're sponsored by Thought Space and two or three others. From what I saw on Thomas's post, I could be incorrect here. It looks like he's just thought space. They do have their own molds, yes. Uh, But it looks like Thomas Gilbert's just thought space this upcoming year. Interesting. Which is is very surprising to me. We did did look at his post before the show. We went back and looked at, you know, what he said about the Prodigy deal. The one thing that jumped out to me was the mention of like new projects with Prodigy? Oh, his original which, his original sponsorship post. Yeah, correct. When he when he said he was going to Prodigy. Now new new uh, new projects to me sounds like not just like oh my my face is just going to get stamped on a disc. New projects sounds like new discs. Yeah, it, said, it specifically said new products within Prodigy, and but he declined and, it back then to specify what that would be. And apparently he always declined because I don't remember anything new coming out. Yeah, and and that's where the money is. It's very hard. I've talked about this many, many times. It's very hard, very hard to make a lot of money uh, if your deal is simply a royalty deal and the mm-hmm. only thing you're doing is smacking your name, your brand, your logo on a disc that already is it, exists and having people buy it for more than the stock version. Very hard to do. So, like, when you have a new disc, like, that's where the money really is when you have these royalty deals. And so, I don't know if this was one of those things of where he was thinking something was going to happen with him in Prodigy, and it was either Prodigy was, you know, taking their time and it was taking too long, or now they've shifted to where they're like, we're just going to put a lot more emphasis on Gannon and Isaac and go that route. I mean, he's going to be the top dog at Thought Space. Like, yeah. I mean, we're blanking on who the heck is even with. Okay, hold on. We have the honor to collaborate with many companies, professional athletes, and events. Whatever that means. So they've got Garrett Gerthy, Nate Perkins. I knew Nate Perkins. Drew Gibson, Zoe Andike, Eric Oakley. Are you sure they still have Nate Perkins? That's fascinating to me. I mean, this is on their website. It's also Disc Golf. 
this could be from five years ago. Because originally ThoughtSpace started as a custom stamping company. It says we have had the honor to collaborate with these people. So not we're currently collaborating with them. Mm. Sure. Good catch, good, that guy. Good catch. Because originally, originally, I believe they were just a custom stamping company because that's what they were known for. Is their stamps were ridiculous. They were so sick. Um, and they were custom stamping a bunch of other stuff. Um, now it seems like they're zeroing in a lot more on what they're manufacturing. Um, so it's it's... It's definitely been like a a little bit of a shift. Obviously, Drew Gibson could still be on the table with you know being with a retail sponsor, um, but yeah, it was. I don't know. I'll be interested to see if if Thomas Gilbert announces any other additional sponsors. Because I agree. I think when he signed that deal back then, it was like Kevin Jones. I think was with Prodigy and him and Chris Dickerson and Katrina Allen was still there, but he was he was in the same breath up there. When you think Prodigy now, I'm thinking Isaac Robinson, Gannon Burr, Kevin Jones, sometimes Alden Harris. That's where my mind's going with, with Prodigy. Kevin was on Prodigy, uh, My mind's not going Thomas Gilbert with Prodigy. So I think it might have been not so much false promises by anyone, but I think more so players they already had signed. They already had the Robinson brothers. I, Alden Harris, I believe, was already with them back then. Gannon Burr definitely was. These players just kind of overshadowed Thomas over the course of his two-year contract to where it might have just been not necessarily anyone not doing what they promised. It's just he started at this point on the totem pole, and by the end of his contract, he's at a much lower point on the totem pole, and he's like, man, I got to go somewhere else. Um, But the move to thought space is very interesting to me. I'll be curious to see if that's his only sponsor or if he's going to announce anything else. I mean, again, I had no idea before he left, before... Before he left Prodigy to go there, I really had no idea what Thought Space Athletics was. I saw something about Matt Bell signing with him, and I was like, is this just some... I didn't even know it was a disc golf company. Like, initially, the name of it doesn't sound really disc golf to me. So, like, when I heard that, I was like, is this some, like, out... Like, some dark horse out, you know, outside of disc golf company out there? But, I mean, again, this is where having a player jump from one to the other that beginning like that that initial value is there the question though is like can you keep it going can you keep yeah. the momentum going that is always the question yeah, very interesting all right last two quick moves i don't think there's yeah. too much really to talk about these chris clemens has re-signed with dynamic discs and cole Rodolin has left infinite uh, i didn't little... see the cole move coming the chris doesn't surprise me he's been happy there for a while but the cole move i didn't see coming the Cole one is the Cole is a little surprising to me. Um, so we'll, maybe we'll get more information from him in the in the upcoming weeks of where he's going and why he's leaving. Uh, and then the last thing I want to say is Thomas Gilbert not taking uh, not taking like the I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Thomas Gilbert saying he's leaving and then literally like what, two days later, saying where he's yeah, going? very quickly. Not, yeah, did not let us stew on that too much. Because I don't even think you guys, when you guys filmed Griplocked on Thursday, you guys didn't know he was leaving, did you? I don't, let me see when I tweeted it. Because when I tweeted it is when I found out that he was leaving. I don't think I knew Thursday. Yeah, I think, I think um, this was all within the last couple of days, leaving and going. Yeah, two days ago, I tweeted that he was he was leaving Prodigy. Yeah, and so then he, I haven't he, even tweeted that he joined ThoughtSpace. I didn't even know like that happened twenty hours ago. I'll screenshot it right now. Yeah, so there you go. That that was the quick move. Those are all the moves we got. Everything. If we missed, I don't think we missed anything. If we did, 
it happened when we were recording this. Yeah. Um, but man, this off season, we we thought it was gonna be a quiet one. If Simon does end up leaving this mania, this will not be a quiet off season. No, this will be that would be because we haven't even really talked. We haven't really talked about like his connection with Eagle. Like those two guys go like hand in hand. Yeah. So they've been trying to market Kyle Klein as like an additional crush boy. Another potential crush boy on the market is Anthony Barella. So. There, there's, there's, there's stuff that could be going down. Um, a little switcheroo, Simon leaves, Anthony comes in. Yeah, I, I do think, like, for instance, they just dropped that Crush Boys CD1, I think, and it has si- it has Simon Eagle and Kyle Klein on it, and it's one of the first times we've seen all three of them. I believe in the, somewhere in the marketing it only said Simon and Eagle when referencing to Crush Boys, and then Kyle's on the stamp. Again, this is just me being... Uh, reading into rumors and speculating a lot of I'm wondering if that has to do with like they're trying to get the Discmania fans ready like hey Crush Boys are still going to be a thing it's going to be Simon and, or Eagle and Kyle I don't know it'll be interesting I'm not sure if that very interesting ring to it but it doesn't I mean, no you... Simon and Eagle they're two peas in a pod when you think of the farthest throwers you always think Simon and Eagle come to your mind immediately but if you go Kyle Klein, Eagle, and AB, and you're replacing Simon with Kyle and AB, you're still losing, but it doesn't hurt as much. As bad. I mean, did you did you did you even think that Dismania was going to sign a big player this offseason? Like, was that even did no. that even cross your mind? No. no. Well, because if and again, I'm still we don't 100 percent know Simon's leaving. If they have Simon and Eagle, they don't need anyone else. I feel like you know something that you're not telling us. You keep saying that, like you keep prefacing. You know, no, because no. typically, typically when I'm talking about stuff, I know way more than I'm supposed to be saying, and so I like tiptoe around what I know. This time, I'm literally like, I'm the idiot. It, it sounds like you're tiptoeing. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm not. It sounds like oh. you're tiptoeing. Well, uh, then typically I'm very good at tiptoeing apparently because I'm not tiptoeing this time. I know nothing. I wish I knew something this time. But with Discmania, with Eagle and Simon, you don't need anyone else. That's like with Innova when you have a good player. So Calvin in this case, and you have big German Nate Sexton, you don't need anyone else. Let's not downside Nate Sexton either. Nate Sexton's actually He's just not touring that much. He's he's filthy. He's just not touring that much right now. Correct. He's not going to when he when he goes out on the road every tournament. Yeah, when he goes out on the road, he's a top ten player for sure. No no doubt in my mind. But uh, he's just not playing that much. All right. The other big news in disc golf this week is we got the announcement from the PDGA, which is this a normal thing of them announcing two you know, mm-hmm. in advance where yeah, all the big tournaments are going to be. Mm-hmm. They do that every year around this time frame, yeah. Well, maybe this year was just a little bit caught my radar a little more because of where it was going, but we got yeah. announcements on the big tournaments for 2024, and the two that stuck out to me, if you want to, I don't know if you want to read the press that goes into some of the other ones. Yeah, I can read all that one. The two that stuck out to me was Champions Cup staying at W.R. Jackson. There was word of it potentially going to uh, Toboggan where D-Glow is. There was words of it kind of having that bounce around. We're going to now have three years in a row of Champions Cup at W.R. Jackson. I hope it stays there. I feel like this is a major that could be one of those that's like a mainstay of it's always at WR Jackson. You just are expecting it to always be there. Yeah. We'll see how that, or, or maybe it turns into something where it's like 
you know, there's seven tournaments that or seven venues or five venues that it bounces around. But I think I like I like the idea of like WR Jackson is where Champions Cup is most of the time, I would say. Yeah. And then no, I definitely agree. The other big one, which we'll go more into once you list off all the other ones, is Worlds is in Foundations Backyard, Lynchburg. Yeah, it's com- wild. It's coming to Lynchburg. Um, all right. Um, gonna scroll through. Am Worlds is going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan in 2024. Um, PJ Masters is going to be in Emporia, Kansas. Uh, there's always a major in Emporia, some way, somehow. Uh, Junior Worlds going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, USWDGC is going to return to Texas. Um, actually, trying to see Round Rock, Texas. Um, Round Rock. So is that Harry yeah. Myers? That's Harry Myers. Is that? Let me send the be, course in here. I mean, it has to be. Proposal. It has to be. That, that, uh, with that feature course listed as the Old Settlers Park and a new course at Mint Discs headquarters. Whoa. Wait, what? Old? You're thinking of Rockwall, Texas is where... No. Uh, Round Rock. Is it Round Rock? Yes. Uh, but maybe it's Rockwall. Maybe it is Old Settlers Park and a new course at the Mint Discs headquarters. It is Rockwall. Where the heck am I... Wait, where is this Rock Round Rock? I'm a Texas, Texas local. Round Rock, Texas is what I... Wait, where the... Oh, uh, Old Settlers. Okay. Where the heck is Round Rock? I don't know. Texas has too many cities that are all the same. Yeah. Oh, that, looks, a, that looks beautiful. What the Tim Selinski, U.S. Masters will be in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Diavolo, the number one public course in the world, will get some some action in 2024. And then Champions Cup, we just went over. And yeah, that's all the ones listed. But World Championship coming to New London and Ivy Hill. Very exciting stuff. Round very, Rock, very for those that don't know, is just north of Austin, Texas. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Worlds is happening. Um, kind of nutty, because obviously when I moved up there and kind of got a little bit more insight of like what Paul was trying to do with these courses and talking to uh, the Parks and Rec and stuff, like the idea was always to design these courses to one day host the world championship. Yeah. I didn't like when the pro tour wasn't really making moves out there. I was not really thinking that was possible, but the fact that they just went straight from we've never played here to hosting a world is kind of mind boggling. But my guess is when you have someone with, you know, Paul's pedigree behind it, you can kind of just jump, some steps, and I think that's what's happening. Well, also, Nate Heinold came in to put the bid in. Um, so you had I'm sure that vouching from Nate, um, a course designed by Paul, and the other course they're using Ivy Hill is the golf yeah. course. I don't know if you ever played out there. Um, they were using the back nine. Honestly, the property probably lays out better as a disc golf course than a golf course. If I'm being, if I'm just thinking through it, tons of elevation, plenty of there should be plenty of water, woods uh, to go around. Um, so it should be, I haven't seen the layout out there, but I think the property, obviously, yes, it will be on a golf course, which I know people immediately have a negative connotation. I don't think it's going to be one of those, like you feel like you're playing on a golf course other than yeah. you'll see the greens type thing. I'm going to wait 
I'm going to wait to make any judgments on Ivy Hills because I know nothing about that land. Yeah. I've never seen it. So I'm going to wait on that. I obviously have played New London a fair amount. That course is going to be, I mean, I think a lot of people playing it are going to love it. I think the spectators are going to love it. I think they're going to beef it up. I think some of the holes will get a little more beefy. Um, like I, I could see hole six, the par five. Uh, no, sorry, it'd be hole. Say so they're beefing that up. No, no, hole seven. seven. Yeah, hole seven. I could see them adding a little bit more OB. Hole nine for sure. In that middle section, hole nine. They're gonna probably make OB come in on one of the sides of the fairway. Um, I don't really think you need to do much after that. I think the rest of it's probably pretty good now. I know, obviously, on Griplock, you guys talked about this a little bit. The only concern I have with New London is just spectators. Yeah, absolutely. It is a a course currently set up to where it's going to be very similar on a lot of the holes to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Um, Why am I? Neville? Is that? Nevin. Nevin. I was like, why am I blinking on that? Of where you're just going to have like a handful of people be able to watch behind which I don't always think is the best viewing experience. The only thing, the only thing I'm curious about, uh, and I might actually have to just talk to some of the guys at Parks and Rec about this and just ask, pick their brain a little bit. There is on a lot of the wooded holes a walking path that's about yep. 15, 20 feet off the fairway to the left to where if you're on that walking path, yeah, it's not ideal. There's trees between you and the fairway, but you'd be able to see what's going on. To where I'm wondering if that's part of the plan is maybe widen that walking path a little bit and you can just line the fairway down. If that is the plan, I think that could work great because it's it exists on one, two, three, um, six. There's one over there. Seven, there's enough space. Then you get like nine and ten it's wide open. Uh, and then on the back, most of the back, 11, 12, 13, you can, you can line it. So if that's the plan, then I think it'll work out pretty well. Um, if that's not the plan, then yeah, it's going to be very tough for spectators because you're basically just going to have people behind the card and there's no other option. The the one thing that I'm really interested in, and I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of like Nate Heinold horses, right? Uh, he was involved at Deglo, mm-hmm. and he was involved at obviously Lake Eureka and Northwoods. I don't really remember that much like stadium seating at those venues. I don't. There, there are plans at Ivy for state. I could see. Obviously, when you have golf course, is different. But I could see, like, gosh, that uh, it'd be difficult, obviously, to get stadium seating and stuff like that into a wooded course. Just like the logistics of how do you do that? But like, I mean, imagine having like a horseshoe around hole six is green, Mm. like sixty feet pushed back, and you're seeing people you know, either going for it from far distance, laying up, and then you also would have a good view of hole seven's tee shot. Um, hole nine and ten, you can make some really incredible, like, stadium seating out there. Like, there's a lot of areas where you could uh, 12. 12, you could set something up where you could see 12 and 13. There's a lot of areas. It's just whether or not logistically it's possible Yeah, to, like, actually get things in those areas but we'll see we'll see 
to me, it seems like when it comes to woods golf, a lot of times the tournament directors kind of just keep it very natural. And there's, Mm -hmm. we're not going to change too much. We're not going to add too much. We're just going to leave it as it is. Um, So we'll see. But I'm very excited for it. And I think you guys nailed it. When Worlds comes here, the Pro Tour is just going to be like, we have to have an event here. Whether it's a silver event or an elite event, I think leaving leaving it, they're going to be like this new London at least, um, and maybe both. I mean, heck, that would be incredible. Like a four-day event, two at New London, two at Ivy. If Ivy turns out to be as good as, um, you know, you say it's going to be, like, I would be very happy to come out here and play that yeah. every year. Well, that's what, uh, because like you had said, we always wanted to move towards Worlds at some point. Um, and I had talked with the Pro Tour a few different times about the Battle for Bedford potentially turning into something. Um, but as my life got busier with Foundation and then obviously having a kid back in August, I actually gave up the reins of Battle for Bedford. We like helped co-run it and do some of the behind the scenes stuff, but the actual logistics of it, uh, I gave it fully over to a local TD. He did an incredible job and he's going to keep running it going forward with our, you know, backing and support. Um, I think that is where like some of the conversations with the pro tour kind of like came to a halt a little bit. And I was in the same boat. I kind of felt bad to a certain extent because like I knew how much Bedford parks and rec had put into this. I knew how much they had put into these courses and stuff. And like, I felt like, me doing what I felt like was the right decision for me personally and my family, as far as like dedicating time to Balfour Bedford when my son was being born a month or two before, I was like, man, that, that it would kind of suck if like that's the decision that ends up screwing Bedford Parks and Rec out of getting a pro tour or something here. And so, like when I made that decision, I felt kind of bad about it because I thought, man, I, I hope I didn't just screw this course out of a pro tour because it's going to take years because I had at least years of tournament experience running tournaments leading up to it. I was like, it's going to take Gordon years to get that to where we might've just screwed ourselves. Cause by that time the pro tour might be fully set. And then I heard rumors. Well, not rumors. I, I knew worlds. The bid had gone in a few weeks before it was announced. Um, and I was like, wow, like this is incredible. Like we foundation, me personally, nothing to do with the bid going in. We're going to be pretty involved in worlds actually happening. It seems like, but the bid going in had nothing to do with us. And then I got the confirmation like five or six days before it was announced that we had got it. And I was like, how am I possibly supposed to sit on this information? But I did it um, because I was just so excited. I wanted to just like everyone that came in the store, I wanted to just tell, but obviously I didn't say a word uh, because it was like, this is the biggest information this disc golf scene has ever heard and I also just felt very relieved personally because I was like thank goodness I didn't cost Bedford Parks and Rec you know their courses their incredible hard work from being displayed on such a big stage um because they deserve it man the New London the backing that we have had in this area from Bedford Parks and Rec which obviously Lynchburg's the host city uh but the courses are in Bedford County um the backing this area has had from Bedford Parks and Rec is what the other other locales dream of like people will ask me like how did you get like how did y'all go about getting x y or z like support and stuff i'm like i don't know what to tell you because for me it's as simple as i shoot a text to kenny at bedford parks and rec of what my idea is and within 10 15 minutes i get a yes back pretty much every time like they just they're all in on disc golf i mean they are the green like 
they are the greenskeeper to these courses, which yeah, like is not a common thing in disc golf. In golf, you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to a greenskeeper, the crew, all that to maintain these the courses the way they are. Disc golf obviously doesn't have anything like that. And so you're just kind of at the mercy of whether or not the city wants to get behind the courses or not. And for the most part, like here in Dallas, for the most part, what that means is they'll cut the grass, you know, once every blue moon to make sure the grass doesn't get too high. Uh, if a tree falls, it'll probably get cleared in the next month. Um, and other than that, that's pretty much it. And, you know, Kenny and his staff out there, I mean, when we were playing, even when we were playing, um, I don't know if it was this past battle for Bedford, but I want to say maybe it might've been two years ago. I mean, there was, they were out there the day before, two days before making sure the course looked spectacular. And again, it's like, they just go above and beyond. Absolutely. We have our own personal greenskeeper to these courses and it's such a luxury and I'm just so happy for them. Like you're saying, I'm so happy that all their hard work, like you said, is going to be finally displayed on a national level. Like yeah. everyone is going to see it. And I, you know, I think that's incredible that it worked out that way for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Obviously, selfishly, I'm stoked to have worlds in my backyard. Yeah, yeah, and I can't. Honestly, you can just wake up, up and just, roll off your bed yeah. and watch the best players play. And selfishly, I'm excited for that. But also, yeah. I've, I've been friends with the people that own Ivy Hill for a while, um, for most of my life, actually. And so for, I don't know, just, I'm very excited for the area and for the people that are behind it. There's a ton of incredible people involved that a lot of hard work has already went into the properties that these are going to be on. And for that to be displayed to the disc golf world, um, obviously, I have a lot of bias in saying it, but I think it's going to be one of the best world championships. Um just the way it's set up, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I, I'm can't wait for 2024. There you go. All right, let's bounce into a couple questions here that we got on Twitter. We always ask you guys what you want us here uh, us talk about. If there's any pressing issues, and this is the last. Hey, this is the last we didn't talk about. This is the last debate night of 2022. So yeah, and we have only two weeks until the new format launches is the plan uh so around january 10th we'll have the new debate night format launching so this is one of the last if not the last depending on what happens next week uh episode of this format in general so yeah pretty exciting stuff stoke it all up all right dk wants to know i'm listening to last week's debate night and thoughts you had about great athletes do you think the best player actually plays disc golf money fame passion what can disc golf do to attract the best athletes it's simple as we've talked about this before. It's a somewhat cultural thing because when you look at when you look at the best athletes in America, they are geared towards football, basketball. Um, I think hockey's probably up there in baseball, right? The big four. Now, when you look at like actual money, the biggest money is in soccer. Like the top premier soccer players, I believe, get outpay outpay almost everyone. Right? Pretty sure, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure their contracts are on another level. Yeah, they're wild. Um, but they probably aren't that much different, like that much of a difference between, you know, the gap between, let's say, the NFL contracts and a Premier League player's contract is probably a lot closer than like an NFL player's contract and like a volleyball player's or uh, a tennis player. Now, tennis, surprisingly, I looked up like the top female athletes. I think ESPN or someone just posted this, uh, like Forbes list of like the top female money earners for this last year. I I think eight out of the top ten were all tennis players. Oh wow! There was there was one. I don't know if they were like a skier or a snow. I'm, I'm assuming skier. There was one person that did some sort of like snow outdoor sports. And then there was one golfer. And I want to say the rest were all tennis players for Crazy. for female. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is just a culture thing right now. If you're in America and you're a good athlete, you get thrown into pretty much football or basketball, I would say, are the two that you get thrown into. And we see tons of people that are in the NFL that were incredible baseball players and they chose to play football. You see that, I would say, a lot more often than the the opposite of where, yeah. you know, the one that crosses my, my mind right now is like Jeff Samarja, who was the Notre Dame tight end, also was a really good pitcher, ended up going and doing baseball over football yeah my cousin smart oh go for it i'll just say what uh, i think what ends up happening too is crazy good athletes uh, they they at some point are faced with a a decision of like where do i have a a better chance of making a future um Mm -hmm. because i remember my cousin played football and basketball locally at brookville one of the high schools here and he was the quarterback at brookville and then he was the a filthy basketball player and he liked basketball more but when it came to college, his D1 offers, he had more D1 offers from bigger schools for football to go be a quarterback than he did to go play basketball. And he was like, even though I like basketball more, I got to make the decision that makes the most sense. Went to be a quarterback, and now he's actually a tight end in the NFL, funny enough. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of what you were saying to a certain extent. Um, I think it's what you were saying to a certain extent where... Uh, Money is a deciding factor, but it's not like the deciding factor because he could have been a filthy hockey player and then he might have made more money in hockey. But as a kid, depending on the area you grow up in, you're typically thrown into basketball or football. And if you do get thrown into soccer over here, very few make it from American soccer over to where the money is in the Premier League, La Liga, all these other, you know, overseas leagues. Whereas in the U.S., the NBA, NFL, that's where the money is a lot of times. But NHL, if you're in the right demographic, like Trevor grew up playing hockey. I grew up, that wasn't even an option. Like I just, if I wanted to play hockey, I don't even know where we would have went to find a league. One, one thing we don't really talk about too much with disc golf is also it might attract some people, but I would say it's a bigger detractor than other sports. And this is where I do think to compete with other sports, the money has to come drastically up. Yeah. And that is just the amount of travel. When you're talking about these other sports, you have home games. You have mm-hmm. 
half your games, half the season, you don't travel. You're staying home. And then the other half, you travel a couple days and then you come back. Disc golf, the type of lifestyle you have to have to play on tour is going to be drastically different than the lifestyle you previously had. Yeah. So that I think also is a big factor with same thing with like tennis, with golf, these more traveling sports where you have to go from tournament to tournament. That is a bigger factor than sure. baseball, football, and uh, basketball. So something to look into as well. All right, we got Jeremy here asking which manufacturers, I think there's a question for you, Hunter. Okay. What manufacturers stock are you buying right now? Who are you selling and who are you holding? Based off of all the information that is out there, don't. I'm not going to use the Simon rumor. No, it's not official yet. I mean, well, I guess if I'm, if I decide whether or not you think the rumor is true or not, that's true. I guess regardless, I'm buying MVP because they've been trending upwards no matter what. And with the possibility of that move happening, you'd be dumb not to buy if this was a publicly traded company. That's one of those things where you like hear a rumor and you're like, but what if it was true? You could make so much money if it was true. So buy MVP for sure. I'm holding Discraft. Um, there's no reason to think they're going to fall off for any reason. Um, but with their roster, I don't think any any move that could be announced, I don't think would move the needle drastically one way or the other. So I think Discraft's a solid hold. I'm holding Innova um, until uh, reason to sell. I think that if they lost the Dicks or Walmart contracts, that would be a reason to sell. Uh I'm buying Prodigy. Mainly, I'm assuming they're keeping their Isaac Robinson, Gandenberg, Kevin Jones core together. I think that's a big buy. And um, I'm buying Lone Star. I'm trying to think of one I would sell. I was going to say, you're not selling it. I'm not selling any yet. But if Discmania loses Simon, that's a hard sell, in my opinion. So I think I'd probably cautiously sell right now for the same reason I'm buying MVP. And any other brand I would sell... Anything from Trilogy? You didn't say anything to Trilogy. You didn't say... Um, like well, I can infinite, run through... Like a West side. Yeah, so I can run through the major remaining ones. DGA, I'm not... I, I would put between a sell and a hold. I don't think they're going to really make any moves. Um, so, like, if you got them, hold them. If you were in the stock market, but if you felt like they were pretty highly valued, definitely sell. Uh, I would not be buying DGA. Uh, discs, I would buy DGA. They're great discs, but stock. Um, dynamic, I think's a hold. Latitude, I think's a hold because they still have Kristen. Westside, I think's a sell. Uh, Westside's future, I think's very much up in the air. I don't really. Their their team. Matteo. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously you can ride with Matteo, but the trilogy, I think they're so tied in that you almost associate Matteo with dynamic because he's a U.S. player. Like, I don't know if that's just how my mind works, but U.S. sponsored, U.S. players who are sponsored by Trilogy, I associate with Dynamic. And then, like, foreign players, European players that are sponsored by Trilogy, I associate with Latitude for some reason. Westside just kind of gets falls off the I side. Say, I think I think Westside has the worst brand recognition of the three. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I think it's because they, they've always had the worst team of the three. Ricky was with Latitude for a long time, and during that time, Dynamic had some players, but they w- worked very hard on their marketing. Um, 
and Westside didn't really have anyone. Westside now has Matty O, but they don't really have anyone else as far as I remember. And if they do, my point proven. Um, so I think Westside's a sell. Latitude with Kristen, I think, is a hold. And Dynamic, Dynamic, I'm going to keep it a hold. So there you go. I think I ran through everyone. I don't know if I'm missing anyone. Someone, someone out there can put that all in writing and see whether or not you'd be up or down by the end of the by the end of all the signings. I'm all a very right. conservative uh, trader, so I'd imagine I'm gonna be up. We got one with Dust. He's saying, are companies undervaluing players, or is it the reverse taking place with all these players leaving Innova Prodigy? So, do we think that players are overvaluing over? estimating their value or do we think companies are undervaluing we've talked a little bit about this i think with the landscape kind of the landscape is kind of starting to come together i think there's starting to be more history i think there's more people involved in these companies now that are looking at numbers and it's not just a I don't want to say like charity case of where you're just like, oh yeah, we'll just get this player and this player. I think people are becoming smarter on how they want to allocate not only their money, but also their time. And so I don't think there is an undervalue of players. I think certain companies are valuing players correctly. I just think it's what we've always talked about. The value of player X is not the same across the board with every company. Yeah. So, I think if it's just those two options, companies undervaluing players or players overvaluing, I would say what's happening more is players overvaluing or overestimating what they're worth. Um, and I think that sometimes when they move, it's because other companies are also overestimating what they're worth. Um I think what's happening is there's the players that are worth the big contracts have either already signed them or are about to sign them. And that is making other players like there's just such a there's such a marketability gap in disc golf, in my opinion, between like the top of the top, the Paul McBeth, Simon Lazat, Ricky Eagle, that top gap and the next gap down. Like there's such a big gap there that players might be in gap B. For instance, I personally believe Calvin Heimberg competes with Paul McBeth on a day-to-day basis might even be beating him on average. I don't know. They're very competitive though. If you look at their finishes, very competitive on the course style, but Paul, in my opinion, is worth probably twice as much as Calvin to a company. And well, I, I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer though because of the uh, the wins. I think the wins matter. Sure. Yeah, but I'm just saying like it wouldn't be shocking for a player of Calvin's caliber to look at what his people that he's beating nowadays or competing with on a regular basis, looking at the contracts they're signing and saying, I'm worth that. Where I think that that gap exists right now to where I think that a lot of players think, not. I'm not saying Calvin thinks he's worth more, I'm just using that as an example. I think there's a lot of players that are yeah. in this bubble that are saying, well, since X, Y, or Z player got this contract, I have to be worth at least this much of that contract when that's not true. So I think that yeah, that's what's happening more so than uh, pl- companies undervaluing players. Yeah, you can't you can't necessarily just look at the leaderboards and being like, I'm finishing above this guy consistently because there's so much more like we've talked about that goes into that. Yeah. Um so I think you're right. I think I think some players have like that one great finish at a tournament and they're like, All right, who's signing me to a fat six figure yeah. deal? 
And it's like, hold your horses. Because really, we've also seen kind of on the retail side, because we carry a lot of players towards series discs and stuff, like just finishing top five at a tournament, I'm... Doesn't really mean anything. I mean, well, it's not, yeah, it has no meaning. So in the player's mind, it could be like this big monumental moment, but from the actual sponsorship side, if they're not putting, like we said, the funds to market that and get that momentum going... Doesn't really mean much. All right, we got two more. We got, I don't even know what this person's name. Nitro Turtle? Nice. Uh, it's a cool name. Should players with signature discs throw that model that they are selling to their fans? I believe they should, but a lot don't even, a lot of people don't even bag it. Um, this, it, it's, this is where it's a little bit different because discs that necessarily work for the general public the amateurs out there are normally not the same discs that work for pros so it would be very difficult for a pro to only market the discs that work for them and not ever make discs that are better for amateurs because obviously the amateurs much bigger number than these you know local pros and even local pros probably aren't really swayed too much. Well, maybe they are a little bit. But the idea is like, I want to get a disc that's going to work for the most people in their hands. Yeah. And there's certain discs that I can manipulate differently with my skill level, but still work at a lower skill level. And then there's certain discs where it's just like, that disc should not be in your bag. There's no use for you to have that disc at all. So... I don't know. I don't think I would say this. I don't really like the marketing of where you're saying stuff. <laughs> Kelsey, the <pattern. laughs> it's, it's, it's feeding time for the boys, but yeah, I, I, I don't love the marketing where you're saying stuff to get the disc to sell. And maybe some of the stuff's like exaggerated or I don't know if you're like, if you're saying like, this is the best disc ever, it goes exactly where you want to throw it. And then yeah. you don't throw it yourself. That to me I think that's weird. the, I think that's the key is what you're saying right now is I think it's all about how the player markets it. Correct. Like that, if, you're, if they yeah. assign, like if a player for like, let's say that Ricky Wysocki put his name on the diamond, a disc that he has no reason to throw. If he came out and said like, you know, hey, I have a lot of players that are just getting into disc golf that are big fans of me. I want to put my name on a disc that is perfect for you. This disc is like so easy for you to throw straight. Uh, if you're a new player and you don't have a lot of power, this is what you can do with it, yes. blah, blah, blah. And he marketed it that way. I don't think anyone's upset at that. But what's happening now, I'm not saying Ricky's doing this, but what's happening now is players will put this their name on something like the diamond. Yeah, and then talk about it in a way that makes you think they rely on it for that shot. Like, Paul, I think, has done a good job with the Hades of they've explained, like, Paul didn't make the Hades for himself to throw. But I think some people miss that message and they expect Paul to throw the Hades when the Hades was basically made for an average player to be able to throw it and it fly like Paul throws his Zeus. So I think that's where some people are like, why does why does the PM line have the Hades? Paul didn't even throw the Hades. And it's like, well, because the PM line, the Hades was made 
So like the average or below average arm speed player could get a full flight out of a disc like Paul gets out of the Zeus. And even the Zeus, the Zeus for an average or below average player accomplishes the flight that Paul gets out of the force. And as long as that's marketed correctly, I don't think anyone has any problem with it. But when players choose a disc, like you were saying, like you with the Meteor is a great example where you throw the Meteor, for you it's a flip up and ride to the right disc and you market it. But when you market it, you market it well to average players like me, it's a very straight disc. So I can watch what it's going to do for someone else and you throw it and I understand what it's going to do for me. But if you had the soul, the soul would be pointless for you, right? There'd be no reason you'd ever throw the soul, but you could market it as like, hey, the soul is going to fly for you like my Meteor flies for me. Pick up the soul. I don't think anyone would have trouble with that. The problem is when people try to like you in videos are really trying to get to sell. So you slow your arm speed down to throw the soul and you act like it's this incredible disc is the best disc you've ever thrown. And then you get on the course and everyone watches you throw the meteor for that shot. And then people are like, what the heck, bro? Do you told me to buy a soul? And you're like, yeah, buy it. You're going to love it. But you're not actually throwing it. That's where I think people get upset. Yep. All right. Last one. We got circle two takes. That's a cool Twitter name too. Do you feel that Prodigy is investing too much in their young talent without a proven tour winner on their team? So two things with this. Yeah, I, I saved this for last because I feel like this one, this is what I love. And this is why I want Disc Golf to continue to grow because I need more people that have terrible takes so that way my takes don't seem as bad. Because <laughs> right now, when you have when you have such a small cluster of like fans, and not that many people talking, when you say something terrible, they're like, "Oh my gosh, what the heck!" But if we have a huge fan base, people are gonna realize how there are a lot of people that just have terrible takes. No offense, Circle Two takes, but this is a terrible take for two reasons. One. You have they have someone in Kevin Jones that they signed a big contract to. Now, obviously, he didn't have the season that he wanted in last year, but he is a player that at his best can compete and win tournaments. He's proven that in previous seasons. Last year, not that great. But the other reason is they have Gannon Burr. Like someone, someone at Gannon Burr's level is so much more valuable than someone that's like in their 30s. Mm -hmm. Because you could potentially, you know, we, we we just talked earlier about like Ken Climo, 12-time world champion, and the fact that you can like basically, it is 12-time or is it 10-time? 12. Did I, just get, did I just, Okay, I was like, did I just give him two extra ones? No. Um, you can mark 15 if you use his master's. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to. Um, so you can market that 12 time, right? Yeah. Like that is a huge value in potentially getting someone like Gannon to be with your company for a very long time is if Gannon continues to grow and continues to be the player that we all think he has potential to be, that is someone that you can have uh, linked with you through history as someone that was with Prodigy. So like his value is so much more valuable in that sense of like that long-term potential than getting someone that is towards the end of their career and having them for a couple of years. Well, I think there's there's risk associated with both, right? Because the risk of signing a player like Gannon is what if Gannon doesn't, what if Gannon's peaked, which if he's peaked, he's already a major champion and 
he's at the top of the sport currently. But like, let's say that Gannon had peaked. That's the that's the risk of signing young talent, right? The risk of signing experienced veteran talent is let's use Paul as an example. But I don't think Gannon's a risk anymore. He won. No, he's not a risk now. But I'm saying that's the risk with young talent, like Alden Harris. Keeping Alden Harris, he's won Mid America, but. Like that's the only risk is like if they saw if you if you sign Alden to a massive deal then yes that would be risky if you were like yes. this guy has potential but that's essentially what he's asking right is like they're putting their money in young talent but they but I don't think yeah but I don't think disc golf is there yet to where you know prodigy is like crap uh, freaking Innova's offering Alden a million dollars we really want to keep him uh, as he. Like, I don't think the money is there no. for those those guys. I think but the what I'm is saying is for the, the top guys, yeah, the top top. But like, I don't think anyone is risking. I mean, I don't want to throw like ricochet shots at anyone, but there are a lot of players that I would say you're not really you're not really ever having to risk that much to sign these guys. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is the risk for veteran players is they require money, a lot of money, a lot of times. So like, let's just use the Paul deal. Right, Discraft signs Paul that original deal, several hundred thousand dollars a year. I forget what it ended up being, but a big deal. Everyone knows it's a big contract. That initial shot comes in, a lot of marketing comes out, boom. But let's say that Paul didn't go on to win two world titles and a U.S. title with Discraft. Let's say that Paul went on to stink with Discraft. Then it is almost a reverse negative thing with the company of like, like what if Paul was only good with Innova? For some odd reason, he comes to Discraft. There's that initial push, initial tons of money made, but then he stalls and fades off the scene. To the storyline becomes, wow, maybe it was end of his discs the whole time or whatever. Like there is risk associated risk. with a risk, uh, yep. veteran player. We're like Paul knew end of his bag, end of a disc through and through. What if for some reason the buzz just didn't feel comfortable to him? What if for some reason the force didn't fly from the way his destroyers flew or whatever it may be to where he loses confidence, goes into a a funk, if you will, and his first season or two with Discraft's an absolute flop. That's a big risk on Discraft's part that I think people don't factor I, in I, because the majority of the I, time, yeah, you're going to translate straight over in Paul. Yeah, he, again, went on to win two more worlds, a U.S. title, and whoever knows what else is coming down the line. So that's not what happened. But that is a risk that I think players, people aren't really thinking about with veteran talent. I like the hypothetical. I have yet to see that happen. Yeah, I haven't either. In any move? The move I thought it was most possible with was Chris Dickerson to Discraft because Dickerson's game lined up very much with Prodigy, but then he ended up winning Champions Cup with Discraft and hasn't had any trouble at all. But but yeah, it's I, something I, that you could see happen at some point, even if it's just the player has a long history of winning, they've already slowed up some just by age or whatever it may be, life circumstances, then you sign them. It might have nothing to do with the discs, but if you sign them, there's a chance they'll blame's put on the discs. This is where disc this is where disc golf is just so weird to me because oh, and we, we talk about I feel like we've talked about this so many times, but it's still just like so it's a, it's such a weird one to me because we talk literally this entire podcast, we have talked about where players are going. Yeah. Right, it is such a huge thing in the sport, but then what you just said has never happened. Yeah, 
this idea of a player being really good and goes somewhere else and is not as good has never I would happened. say not as good has happened, but not to the level of like a player who is dominant but, goes to okay, absolutely look, sucking. Okay, but look at like a um again, we've talked about Kevin Jones, so I'm just gonna throw him on there. He's been with Prodigy for how many years? Several. Yeah, before he had Prodiscus. He just had an off season last year. So what are the chances of a player going somewhere and just having their off season? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying is if Kevin like, Jones is just wild season. because it's like Formula One is like, that's a thing. Like if yeah. you if you are with someone that has a million dollar budget, which I don't know who that is, but maybe no one because that seems really low for Formula One. But there are teams on Formula One that their cars are not as good as like Williams Racing or whatever they is. Red Bull. Yeah, they're not as good. So like if you're a good driver and you get moves from like those lower teams to the top teams, you're you're going to improve. Same thing as if you get demoted. Um Lewis Hamilton, if he got somehow demoted from Mercedes to one of the bottom teams, he would probably not be winning. Even if though so, not nearly as much. I, I, he might not win at all. No, yeah. Is that realistic? Great? I don't know. We'll see if any of the Formula One listeners ju- t- chime in and tell me that he would still win. But, like, that is something that, like, in golf, you just don't hear when someone moves well, from Tyler to Titleist, from Titleist to, to the, the, the talk is not, oh, my God, are they going to be able to perform? That's not the talk ever. But I think a lot of it in golf and disc golf is different, mainly because a seven iron is a seven iron is a seven iron. Like there's not that much different. Whereas this Mustang that's sitting in front of me, yeah, it'll fly similar to a buzz, but it doesn't feel like a buzz. The plastic's completely different, and like all of that factors into how that, it performs. So it's drastically different. Get, but is that going to get like you've been? How long have you been in disc golf? Like Eight. serious to where you would know a lot. Seven years. Okay. So seven years ago, was the gap between manufacturers a lot wider than what it is now? As far as if seven seven years ago, if you went from a Latitude to a Discraft or a Discraft to an Innova or an Innova to a Prodigy, if you, seven years ago, if you made that jump, would you say that there was a lot more that you would have to learn and be like, oh, they don't have a disc like this. I have to learn this versus now. Yes, absolutely. So the selection was drastically different. Like that's what I'm saying. Are we in? Are we? I feel like we're slowly getting to a point, right? We're like going towards a point where eventually, well, the the tough part is not going to be that much of a difference, right? I don't think there's going to be a performance difference. Correct. Um, The biggest difference is. I don't think every company is going to be making plastic that feels the exact same. And I think their molds right. will not feel the exact same. So the buzz will always be the buzz. You can go to Discraft or um, Discmania and throw the MD3. It's going to fly similar. It's going to be a beadless mid, but it's not going to feel similar. It's going to be a different plastic. It's going to feel slightly different. So you'll be able to get the same results, but you, you might just have a slight, it's going to have a little bit of a learning curve. There's always going to be that little bit of a learning curve. That learning curve is getting smaller and smaller because previously... Can I, well, throw been... question out, can I throw a question out there? Yeah. One quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you think the top golfers in the world, if they had a slightly different grip put on their gr- grips, 
that it would drastically change their performance. And like, are you talking initially? I think, I think it, drastically never, but I think their first few swings might be like, oh, I got to get used to this for a little bit and five, 10 swings in they're they're used to it. Yeah. I, to me, I think it's, to me, I think disc golf is going to go more towards, hear me out. I mm-hmm. think it's going to go more towards Nike, Reebok, Under Armour than F1. Because right now, I think disc golf is so much more F1 of where it's like, oh, wow, this person's going here. That's going to be that's gonna be a huge change. They're going to be incredible or, oh, man, they're going to suffer. Versus if a player, if an NBA basketball player was like, I'm not wearing Nike shoes anymore. I just got signed to Reebok. No one would be like, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to be able to still dunk. I don't know if he's going to still be able to shoot as well as he was. Well, I think to a certain extent, but the big difference. That is not going to be talked about in the NBA if someone changes. No, 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 no. That will never be talked about. I fully agree. But I'm saying in disc golf, the thing. More towards like the core that you're going to be able to do with that company. I think more towards. But the big difference is like, even if like, let's just, I have the Mustang in front of me. Let's say the Mustang, the Buzz, the Shark 3, and the MD3 all accomplish the exact same thing five years from now they all feel essentially the same in front of me no they're not all in front of me just the mustangs in front of me so i thought of the other companies similar to the mustang gotcha uh let's say they all feel very similar look very similar fly very similar if you switch to any of those companies you're going to be able to replicate it with that your your game's not going to change you're still changing the name of the disc you're throwing i think that's the big thing is like you're still going from a mustang to a buzz to where no there's still that draw of like, wow, how is he going to perform with the buzz now versus the Mustang? I don't think no, that's going no, away. No, yes. no, 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 no. That, no, now you went against what I just said. I, yeah, that's there what I'm saying. Is, that, I don't think that's ever going away. I think it will. I don't. Because because you golf, talk- the big thing that golf, I think golf would be different too if each company was trying to market you as to why, like let's say the 7-iron, gone. It's now no, named. No, I'm saying the, I, think, I think they're going to market more like uh, like I mean, golf does this too, but I think they're going to market more like NBA shoes. What? What? Do you, when you're what? Like, no, no, you're comparing no. apples to oranges? That doesn't make any no, sense. No, no, no. Like the shoe is a shoe is a shoe. The mid range is not a mid range is a mid range. A seven iron is a seven iron is a seven iron. But will like, first off, no, a seven iron is not a seven iron. Not a seven iron. They're all called a seven iron. That's my no, point. They, is the naming behind it? The average golfer looking at it, if no, no, no but the name of the irons are iron? different. The name of the irons are different. They no come one out knows with new that. Irons. No one knows yes, the they name. They do, Hunter. Yes, they do. No, yes, but they do. If you're in golf, you know that. It's so the what, same thing as me saying no one in disc golf knows. It's the same no, thing as me saying no one knows what. If it, someone no one steps knows up and throws a Mustang, no, they're not describing it as a M5 mid. No, they're going to say it's a mid. If they're a brand new player. To, so to Tiger Woods, when Tiger Woods, they always just say he hits an iron, and you have no idea what number iron he just hit. No, no, no. You're now you're now you're convoluting my argument. My argument is when you throw a disc mm-hmm. in disc golf to a new player, you are going to say that's a mid, versus saying what the plastic type is and what the mold is. You're just okay. gonna say it's a mid. The same thing as. If if you hit a seven iron, you would just say it's a seven iron. But if someone was like, okay, well, what series of, of irons do you have from TaylorMade? Then they might say, oh, I have the blah, 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 blah. 
and they came out in 2015. So we're saying the same thing. Like there are every year, these companies come out with new irons. Every year they come out with new drivers. But it's a full package is my argument. So the iron is someone's not throwing like right now in disc golf, you uh, and me yes. can have two different uh, mid-range packages, right? And we could both be with Discraft. I could like Wasps, Wasps, Malta, Zones. You could like Drone, Buzz, Meteor, right? Yes, but we both are throwing true. Discraft yes. mids. Yes. That's the big difference. I could have, I could though, some people do have like irons from, let's say, because normally like the long irons is kind of like the difference. So some people might have irons from like, let's say TaylorMade, 27 i don't really know again i'm out of the golf world right now so i don't know the names but if you're in the golf world you would know the names of the irons from like let's say 2017 they love the three four and five from 2017 but they have the newest 2022s six seven eight nine but how often does someone have a how often does someone have a let we'll just go we'll we'll stick with one company how often does a player on tour have a six iron from one year, a seven iron from one year, a different year. No, no, no. That, iron that, that's my be, argument. Be, is in disc golf, they're always different. It'd be, it'd be, so that's why you have to yeah. have the small ones. The, yeah, the, the gap, the thing. gap, there, there is a combo-ness to it. It's the same yes. thing with wedges. Most people always will have all their wedges from the same kind of... Now, the grinds on wedges change, which is another whole thing. Sure. But... But, but I'm saying that point, in disc golf, in golf, it's much more packaged. In disc golf, each unique disc matters. That's why I think that will never go away because you're never going to have, okay, I'm going do, to disc grab. This is my stock mid package that every player is using this yes. mid package. Each mid's going to yes, be different. If you, looked, if you looked at last year, the mids that Paul threw versus that I threw versus Chandler threw versus Chris threw. Exactly. Probably all different. Exactly. Yes. That's the draw. You are. I, I agree with you on that. My my thing was I think we're just going to get more towards like the shoe, and I use the shoe thing as less of a performance thing. No one thinks when someone changes shoe shoe deals, no one thinks that their their performance on the court is going to uh, suffer or get better. No one thinks, oh my gosh, this person was with Under Armour, or sorry, let's just go like somewhere like Skechers. They were with the Skechers, and now with their Nike, oh my god, they're going to be so much better. They might be better Skechers than Nike. Dude, Skechers make some sick shoes. <laughs> um, but th- that is not what's talked about. What's yeah. talked about is like the 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 company that you're going to, like it, it adds value of like the stuff that you're going to be able to do. Same thing with like Red Bull, right? Like Red Bull, like whenever Red Bull signed an athlete, no one was like, oh, now they're going to be like way better. You were excited because Red Bull does so much cool content that now you're going to see sick content with that athlete. That's all I was saying is I think disc golf is slowly going to start headed that way versus like the Formula One way where it simply is. Or like literally, honestly, any sport team, right? Like, you spec sport teams, you speculate all the time, the draft incoming, the trade, uh, the, uh, NIL deals with the trade portal and all this stuff. And you speculate whether this team's going to be better or worse by like the players coming in. And again, this is big brain stuff This is going way out there. But if you in that envision, like that's what disc golf used to be maybe of where 
you're you're a sports team. The player is the sports team, and the discs are the are the players that you're signing. So when you're going from Prodigy to Innova, you were thinking about like what that would do. But like now, what I'm trying to say is like everyone's got roughly the same players. So like the teams, there aren't that much difference between the teams. Does that make sense? So it's yeah. more of a marketing thing. Correct. I think I think that I think that we're both right. Because I don't think that the F one side ever goes away because I think that people are still excited. Like if I have a hex in my bag, it never goes away. Or an envy it never goes bag, away. I don't I, I think that like there's still something to be said about that. But yes, right now, like if you go back to when I first started playing Innova had a more complete lineup than Discraft, Prodigy, Discmania was a part of Innova, and that was basically, those were the big dogs. I mean, Trilogy was was there, a lot, there was like Team Trilogy back then, which was their AM team, was huge, and they had some people, like Ricky, I think, was on the transition from Prodigy to Latitude, but they didn't have nearly as complete a lineup at the time, they were completing their lineup, whereas now, you go to Prodigy, Innova, Discraft, Trilogy, MVP. Well, look, they at, all have look, at Lone, this, look at Lone Star. Lone Star, I think, is is in the similar category right now, where they don't have. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Lineup. Nico, Nico is going to be throwing other discs, not just Lone Star, right? Like that's no. Kind of, oh, he's only throwing Lone Star. Yeah. Okay. See, that is something that we can talk about. But five years from now, if Lone, Lone Star, Star will have a full lineup, lineup, they just got a bunch of discs approved. They might be by the end of the season. They they've got the full lineup. That was my only point is I think that conversation of what you were talking about of like, and it just goes back to what you're saying of like, if Paul would have done bad at Discraft, people would have been like, oh, well, Discraft sucks compared to Innova. That's why Paul's doing bad. I think those conversations are going to be less and less talked about when someone moves. Because I heard it too with, with Thomas when he left Innova, people were like, oh, is he going to be able to be able to throw Prodigy Discs? Like there was that conversation of like Prodigy's kind of known for having more flippy stuff than uh, Innova. So how is that going to translate with Thomas's power? Like I was just saying, I think those co- those discussions are going to fade more. And like my thought with like Simon, I'm not thinking Simon going to MVP. Me, I'm not thinking like he's going to be worse. I'm thinking like, I'm wondering what MVP is going to do with Simon. Like, I'm curious as to how they're going to market him, what's going to go on, not so much on the performance side. That That's kind of where I am. But I agree with you. There are still some companies out there like a Lone Star or um, I mean, we don't really hear like Thought Space, I guess, maybe. I don't, we don't really hear about them too often. But like that's, I think, still interesting to see kind of what goes on moving forward. But I think eventually it's going to be more on the golf world of where like Titleist, TaylorMade, all of them, they're like building their brand. So like when they do come out with a new driver and it's super nice and clean and whatever, the technology isn't that much different than the year before. But because it is Titleist and it's a new, it's going to get a lot of people to buy it. Makes sense. That that's all I'm saying is like yeah. I think we'll eventually get to that point of where it's going to go more that direction versus people reinventing the wheel and everyone being like, "Oh my gosh, this is incredible!" Now yeah. plastics, 
we've talked about this. Plastics, I think, is where that's the next development for sure. Have yes, because if you make plastics and all of a sudden you put like air bubbles or something in it, and you say blizzard, you know, it stays, it stays in the air longer. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Or floating discs that exist too. Blizzard plastic basically just describe blizzard plastic has air bubbles in the rim and it floats on water because it has air bubbles in the rim. Why is no one promoting that? It's Innova, man. Innova Blizzard Boss. That's what uh, that's what David Wiggins broke the distance record with. Well, there you have it. Hey, last debate night. I want to say thank you for an incredible year, Silas. Thank you, incredible job this year. Uh, and this could very well be the last debate night as we have known it. Yeah. Me. Yeah, I'm very excited for the new show. I think I think our audience is going to love it. Um I I've seen what Silas has cooking on the production side. I think it's going to be one of our best produced shows and uh Trevor seems very excited about what he's got cooking up for topics and the different personalities to bring in. So also I'm just ready for people to try to put me in my place. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm very like, excited. There's, you know, we got into it a little bit at the end there, but I feel like a lot throughout the year we kind of agree on a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. So I'm ready to like say something that like is like a no brainer that me and you would just both agree on. And then someone being like, what are you talking about? And then yeah. being able to just freaking go in on it. And so maybe, like maybe, maybe they have stats to back back their thoughts up. And you're just like, oh, oh, oh don't shoot. If they hit me with stats, I've got stats. I've got receipts. I've got everything. All right. Well, that's, what, that's what I'm excited for is I'm excited to say something that like to me is a no brainer. And then they just throw stats in my face. And I'm like, wait, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Am I an idiot? I'm excited for this show. I think it's going to be a great time. Yeah. It's going to be right. awesome. There you have it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hope you have a great new year, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.